0: All right, let's get into the Word. Do you want to turn to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6? And uh, I, I I used to never like, not never like Christmas, bah humbug, like grinch head on you. Not that I didn't like Christmas, but I, I never, like I hadn't preached Christmas in for a long, long time um, here. Like you other lads would do the preaching on Christmas. And, and the reason was, like, I, you know, I was struggling. I had these internal things that were like, you know, that... Uh, I found a bit religious in some way that we shouldn't only take Jesus out at, at Christmas and, and all this stuff. And, and thank God that we've raised up people that is able to preach the Word of God and they were, you know, they, they were delighted and whatever. But, like, it's like this year I've been looking through a whole different lens and, um, and just really celebrating in a different way. Um, not in a different way, but in the way maybe that it should. And, uh, and I, like, I was thinking of the the virgin womb that carried Jesus and that the message of of Christmas is not just about the womb but it goes all the way to the tomb. It goes all the way to when Jesus was buried and rose again and seated at the right hand of the Father. And and I was also thinking of of um, that, uh, oh, it's amazing how many things like, like silence is good, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It, it is good and we shouldn't be afraid of being quiet and whatever. Um, but uh, it w- the night Jesus was born was no silent night. <coughs> <coughs> like, that's, that was Christianity's way of putting, a ser- a, like, making everything serene. That, like, this is God coming to earth and we make it all, like, type of sanitized. But there was, there's nothing sanitized about a manger. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do you or do I have to explain it? Do you know what I mean? There's cows in there. They don't ask, they don't go on Calendum, of Marshall, the They don't ask, and I please go to the toilet please. They don't ask permission to go outside. They don't ask permission to make noise. They don't ask. They just do what they do. And um, and there was no silent night. And he released everything that night. That when we're together celebrating him, it's not about silence. Silence right now is in the, in the graveyard or in the in the library, you know. Like but when we're together, we celebrate. We celebrate who he is. We celebrate that it wasn't a silent night That we, and then we should not be silent in our prayers and adoration to Jesus. Amen. That's what we're trying to do. This is over the last couple of weeks we've been trying to just get us moving in this because we don't want to become just silent type of people. But it says this in the Bible that God spoke in yesteryear God spoke through the prophets. But in these days he speaks through his son Jesus Christ whom he gave. Everything that God is Is wrapped up in Jesus. Everything that God wanted to show the world. He was shown it through Jesus. It says in Colossians. That the fullness of God. Dwells in Jesus. That he is. The image of the invisible gods. He is the visible to us. What people can't see. That he is the one. That that God showed us what he was about and when I look through the Bibles and we're going to get to Isaiah 9, 6 in a minute and uh, when, we, when I look through the Bible or when you look through the Bible or you can Google it um, you'll see that all through from the beginnings, beginnings of Genesis the beginning of the Bible the book of beginnings right to Revelation that you can find Jesus multiple times in every book that there's no book in the Bible that hasn't already given a type or an image or, or directly speaking about him who was to come. And, and I, yesterday I wanted to do this from memory. You couldn't believe how much time I put into this to do it from memory. And, um, but I can't. I'm 52 years of age and I can't remember like, the, the books, the five, first five books of the Bible. And I'm like, no, I've written it out twice. I've, I, I've, I've done everything. And in the end it's in front of me on my iPad. There you go. There you go. But listen to some of Jesus in the the books. And some of them might be something they already know. And if I say one, I want to tell you there's another five in each book. But in the book of Genesis, Jesus is the seed of the woman who crushed the head of the serpent. You can say amen any time you want, by the way. Um, Exodus, Jesus is the Passover lamb. Leviticus, Jesus is the high priest. Deuteronomy, Jesus is the prophet. Um, Joshua, Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Jesus is the scarlet shred from Rahab's window. Judges, Jesus is the lawgiver, the, law the mighty warrior, the victorious one, the deliverer. Root, Jesus is the kinsman, redeemer. 1 Samuel, he's the promised son, he's the trusted prophet, and he's the, he's the joint slayer. 2 Samuel, Jesus is the ark of the covenant. 1 Kings, Jesus is the reigning king. 2 king, Kings, Jesus is the forever king. 1 Chronicles, Jesus is the restorer of failed kings. 2 Chronicles, Jesus is the king and priest. Ezra, Jesus is the word revealed. Nehemiah, Jesus is the rebuilder of broken walls. Esther, Jesus is our Mordecai. Psalms, Jesus is our shepherd. Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, Jesus is our wisdom. Song of Solomon, Jesus is the lover of our soul. The bridegroom, the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon, Jesus is our love song. Amen. Isaiah, Jesus is the servant, Jesus is the baby in the virgin's womb, Jesus is Emmanuel, God, with us. Jeremiah, Jesus is the weeping prophet. Lamentations, lamentations, Jesus fights for his people. Ezekiel, Jesus is the wonderful four-faced man. Do you ever read that? Four faces. Daniel, Jesus is the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Hosea, Jesus is the faithful husband. Joel, Jesus is the baptizer and the Holy Spirit. Amos, Jesus is our burden bearer. Obadiah, Jesus is mighty to save. Jonah, Jesus is the foreign missionary. Micah, he is the messenger with beautiful feet. Nahum, Jesus is the avenger. Habakkuk, Jesus is the evangelist, crying out for revival. Zephaniah, Jesus is rejoicing over us with singing. Haggai, Jesus is the restorer of lost things. Zechariah, Jesus is the fountain that cleanses. Malachi, Jesus is the son of righteousness rising up with healing in his wings. Amen. Matthew, Jesus is the king of the Jews. Mark, Jesus is the servant of all. Luke, Jesus is the son of man. John, Jesus is the son of God. Acts, Jesus is the risen Lord, sending the church into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans, Jesus is the justifier, the righteousness of God. 1 Corinthians, Jesus is the rock that followed Israel. 2 Corinthians, Jesus is the triumphant, conquering, the triumphant one, conquering sin, death and the grave. Galatians, Jesus is our liberty, setting us free from law and death. Ephesians, Jesus is the head of the church philippians jesus is our joy colossians jesus is our completeness one one thessalonians jesus is our hope second thessalonians jesus is the one who comes for His church with a trumpet blast one timothy jesus is our mediator second timothy jesus is our stability titus jesus is the blessed hope Philemon, jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother Hebrews, Jesus is the blood that washes our sins away. Jesus is the supreme one. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. James, take an amen to this. Jesus is the great physician. 1 and 2, Peter. Jesus is the chief shepherd. 1, 2 and 3, John. Jesus is everlasting love. Jude, Jesus is the foundation of our faith. Revelations. Jesus, the King of kings. The Lord of lords. The bright and morning star. Jesus, the first, the last. The Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, the one who was dead, who was now alive. He's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the overcoming one. Jesus is the victorious one. Jesus is the bride... That's coming for his bridegroom. Jesus is the one who rules forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the books of the Bible. God has something to say in all of them. We were praying yesterday. um, We were doing healing on the streets. And and we we walked around the area praying. And every one of these kept coming back. We were praying and we felt the weight of the burden of the people in the city. Walking, doing their shopping. Saddened in the heart, disappointment, rule, and reign. And I says, you know what Amos, Jesus and Amos is? The burden bearer. What is the Bible trying to communicate? Whatever you need, he is. Whatever you have, whatever you are in pain, he's the great physician. Whatever sin is ruling and reigning, he's the one that took the sins of the world. But where I want to land for the next few minutes is this. Isaiah 9, 6. It'll come up on the screen. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Wonderful counsellor. He's telling us that this, this is Isaiah who spoke probably 900 years before Jesus was born, was telling us that this is what the Messiah will be. Everything that God is will be in him. Every expression of God that he wants to manifest to the earth will be manifest through him, Jesus, the one who is to come. The wonderful counsellor. I looked up the, the Hebrew word for, for a counsellor, which is similar. One who gives advice. One who listens. One who, who, who takes on board what's going on and tries to direct you in a pathway that will bring some, some freedom or some healing into your life. But what the word wonderful means, hello, because we have counsellors, but in front of him is the word wonderful and it's the word for wonders. Wonders are miraculous. That he is a counselor that produces the miraculous in those who will hear him, listen to him, obey him, and walk with him. He's the one. Why can he say that? Because he's mighty God. He's There's counselors in this world that will bring comfort and will bring encouragement and bring advice. And those who are leaning on the one who, who's the wonderful counselor can also bring the, the miraculous into the advice and into the comfort and release people into what God has for them. Maybe like that in every counseling room. Maybe like that in every time we give counsel to others. Because there's people that are trained to be counselors, but in some way we're all counselors. Do you not counsel your kids? Do you not tell them and give them advice? When friends come with something wrong, do we not give them counsel? Do we not give them comfort? Do we not give them something that they need? We do. And then there's those who are trained, who have given their lives to be trained in in different aspects of counseling. But no matter which one we are, we can lean in to the wonderful counselor to say, God, what are you saying? How can I? What should I say? Is there something I should do so that I can be of comfort, that I can bring a wonder into this situation to the person who was just wondering what's going to happen next? How am I going to get through this? Who's wondering, am I going to survive? Can I bring something wonderful from the counselor who was given for us? Amen? That we can all have it. We can all have it. And why is he wonderful? And why can he produce the miraculous? Because the next little caption tells us this. That he's not only a wonderful counsellor. But he's mighty God. So he can back up his advice. Because he has the power. To do the wonders and the miraculous. In our lives. And he's not just. A counsellor. He is not just. Not that he's not just mighty God. But some people can have a God of their own understanding. Some people can make up God to sue what they want God to be. Some people can make, can get, as Isaiah says, you can cut down wood and chop it up for fuel. And then carve it out and make a idol of and worship it. Some people in other countries are worshiping stone figures. Some people are, are, are in churches this morning. Maybe even here. And God is, is stayed. Far off. Not interested. Because when you say the word God, you can put a lot of things just on God. That's why he gave us the name that's above Every other name, Jesus. I remember saying to a girl, she says, beautiful girl, she says, I'll get down on my knees and give my, my life to God every day. I said, What's your God's name? Name. him. Tell us who he is. And she says, I don't know. And I says, Listen, I'll say the name of Elisha. For those who remember. He sent the Son so you could know Him. He sent the Son so that you could know Him. She didn't know who she was praying to. She didn't know who she was giving her life over to. But you just had the word God over it. But He's not just a counsellor, counselor or a wonderful counsellor or a mighty God somewhere that is busy in the universe, looking after the, 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 the affairs of the universe. He's not some God. But he says, He's the everlasting Father. Father. He says, I'm going to show you what I'm like. I'm going to show you that I'm not just a counselor that's wonderful. I'm not just a counselor that does wonderful things. I'm not just a mighty God. But I'm an everlasting father. Means he's the father of eternity. It means he doesn't run out. He doesn't get fed up with us. He's everlasting. He doesn't come to an end and go, that's it, my fathering days are over. Why does he not do that? Because he's everlasting. He's the father who loves. He's the father of lights. In him there's no turning or no shadows. There's no shady bits about God. He's not like I'm a father, but when you come near me and get it wrong, I'm going to pound you. I am a father who loves. I'm your father. And all of this wrapped up in Jesus. All of this, Jesus, the Bible teaches us, was fully man and fully God. That's why in Genesis it says, In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now, listen to what John says In the beginning was the Word, which was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God's. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Listen to what Colossians says. That the Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He is the head of the church. The body. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him. To reconcile to himself all things, whether things on heaven or things on earth, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. You want to know what Father is like? Look to the cross. You want to know what the depth of his love for each one of us? Look to the cross. Look to what this wonderful counselor was going to go through for you and for me. Everything that you've endured, he's endured. Everything that you've been tempted with, he's been tempted with. The sins of the world was put upon him. He knows the feeling, the pain, the shame, the guilt of every sin that has been done or has been done against us. He knows it. He knows every single one of them. He's an everlasting father. Each one of us, this is what the Bible says that we've been given. If you're a Christian, you've been born again of the Spirit of God. We get the Holy Spirit. That's our deposit. That's our seal. That's our guarantee of what's to come. He lives in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That He dwells in us. He exerts His great power within our members of our body. And boy, that spirit, that's in us. We can cry out, Abba, Father. I was listening to a song called, Abba, I belong to you. You know that song? Yeah. Well, I get funny in my head about songs because I'm like, now what if I was only in church for the first time? Do I think I belong to Bjorg and, you know, Abba? <laughs> like, I think things have to be explained to you. <laughs> like, Abba, and someone's down there going, Abba? I can't think of one. Waterloo. Abba. I belong to you. The word Abba means father. Father. I belong to you. Father. That spirit enables us to cry out. God you're my dad. You're my papa. You're my daddy. You're my father. You're the one that has guardianship over my life. You're the one. And you know what? Your father in heaven is so crazy about you. You'd have no understanding yet until you hear him sing over you. Or you're dancing over you with singing. That's the mighty God. There's two things. My kids can make me a lawyer if they want. You have permission. None of them are here. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry. I'll tell them another story. But this is the way I've tried to live my life. Because for the first couple of years of little Patrice's life, was she was up here last week, she's now thirty four or something, five. The first couple of years I didn't know the Lord. We had her when we were sixteen. And when I was eighteen I just became selfish. Wanted everything for me. So Sharon and Patrice got whatever was left, which wasn't nothing. But see when I became a Christian. And I looked back and I realised how selfish I was. And I kid you not, know, when we had Patrice at 16, the only thing I ever wanted to be in life was a good father. That was my goal. And yeah, for those four years, I wasn't. I wasn't a beast. I didn't beat anyone up. I just wasn't able to give because I hadn't got it. And I become a Christian. And I remember putting Patrice into bed one night. She was five probably putting her in. And I says, Patrice, remember when Mammy and Daddy used to fight? She didn't remember. She was lying. And I said, I want you to know that was all my fault. And I says, will you forgive me? Now, I say this to Patrice. And Patrice has no memory of it. But it wasn't for her, it was for me. Yeah. Somehow, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know. I know it now. Because she doesn't even remember it. Liberating thing I've ever done in my life I was asking a little girl to forgive me, and from that time on, I was empowered to resemble the father I wanted to be. Can't say I've always got right, but resemble. But here's the two things I know I got right that when you'd wake up in the morning, they'd wake up with that bass singing because I wreck your head in the morning, I'm a morning person. I was running up the stairs singing, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, it's time to get up, to go to work or school. And going to bed, they'd go to bed in peace. It was our two goals every time. We'd fight with each other to get it over so that the house would be in peace when the kids are going to bed. We'd get it over. We were adamant that this would be our... Now, that makes me sound a hero. Forgive me, I fail all the time. But He doesn't. God doesn't. He's a Father that can tuck you in. He's a Father that you can wrap your, your your duvet around you and go, Father, as I lay me down to sleep, I'll give you my soul to keep. I don't know the rest of it. And if I. And if I. That's an awful prayer. Do we teach our kids that? What type of mother's eyes? And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord. There you go. That's not bad in the end. But it's still death, is it? But you can say something like that. I you can just say, Father, i give my life into your hands. You let my dreams be of you. Because we have to take care of our night time stuff. Lord, I don't want to wake up with anxiety. The Bible says you rejoice over me with singing. Can I hear you sing? So there's a young lad here. I loved him. Uh, he, he was asking God. He was asking God, God, will you v- reveal yourself to me? Do you know what I'm talking about? And uh, one the members of his family were getting great things from God and he felt he wasn't. I'm talking about this is last week or something. And in the nighttime time he says, God, will you reveal yourself to me? And he hears a voice saying to him, I hear you, I hear you, my child. That changes everything. So ears, hear. see, changes how you feel. He, He said for 20 minutes, he was looking around, he didn't know. He heard a voice. God speaks. I says to him, did it cause fear? No fear involved. No panic involved. Wonder involved. Like where did that come from? Thinking his brother was playing games on him, maybe. He's a wonderful Father. And here's where we're finishing. Three minutes. He's not only that. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the wonderful counselor who gives advice. He's also a mighty God who gives the power to follow the advice to bring transformation. He's not just a counselor or he doesn't just want to leave an impression That he's just some God, that he's an abstract or distance or a mute idol who is made up of some material. He wants us to know that that he is an everlasting father, meaning he's the one without beginning and without end, who loves us without without end, with the type of everlasting love that he is, and the miraculous counseling that is empowered by by his power to produce transformation from the heart is of an everlasting Father that always produces peace. Boom. Always produces peace. That he's not just... He's not just... He's not just just eternal. He's not just um, a wonderful counselor. He's a wonderful counselor who can bring transformation because he gives the power that comes with his advice because he's almighty God. And he does it from a heart of love as a father, but it always produces peace. Because he's the prince of peace, he says. Always. Do you know in the history of this world, recorded history of this world, should I say, that it was like in 3,400 years of recorded history, there's been about 200 years of peace in the world. Like 8% of the time of recorded history, there's been. Of 100% has been only 8% of peace. So we're celebrating when Jesus comes. And do you remember the angels came and they said to the shepherds? To the shepherds. To the everyday ordinary folk. The angels, heaven bursts open. A choir of angels appears, you remember? And they say, glory to God in the highest and peace to all men on earth. Now, if you to look over that, were they saying peace to all men on earth or peace to earth? When we look over recorded history and we've only 8% of the time that we've had together on this planet that's recorded, um, 8% of peace. So, what was he saying if he wasn't saying um, peace is automatic? Jesus is only the prince of peace to those who give glory to God in the highest. Whoa. It's not a given that everybody... Listen to what the word peace means in the Bible. It's shalom. It means that you can have completeness, wholeness and prosperity in every aspect of your life, body, soul and spirit. Who doesn't want that? But it's not automatic. It's not automatic. It's for those who say, I want you to be the Prince of Peace in my life. I want to be fathered by you. I want you to be my mighty God." I want to know the miraculous counsel that you bring into my life and through my life to other people. I want that in my life. That not automatically, the angel says peace to all men on earth, but not all men on earth got the peace. But those who bow the knee and those who give glory to God in the highest receives the shalom of God. So I was thinking, and I wrote this down, people have looked for peace everywhere. Every place, in every way, through every voice, every plating, every delight, every environment. We've looked for peace in every pleasure, in every, in every fairy tale, in, 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 in every um, cosmetic procedure, in every unbelievable story. We think, I know how to get peace, we go for perfection. And we want everything to be perfect and we control all of our environments for peace. Because I know if I marry the right person, I'll have peace. If I live in the right estate, I'll have peace. If I have the right job, I'll have peace. If I have the right career, I'll have peace. If I have the, uh, and we try to create what can only be given from the Prince of Peace. Because everyone who's tried to create it has failed. We've taken all types of substances to have peace. We've we, we, we tried to control every person in our world to have peace. We put up with war to have peace, don't we? <laughs> me peh, Oh, me pehe, Can I tell you me pay? I go, so say me and Sharon was fighting. I oh, no, say me don't fight. Say Jimmy and Caroline was fighting. <laughs> and Jimmy, was say, say Jimmy says to me, um, you know, uh, I go, why didn't you say something? Or I didn't want it for peace. Sake. That's not peace. That's just prolonged war. That's just that's just like it's putting it off to another day. But we in the world, we have threatening other countries, threatening other countries with missiles for peace. We tried to create this utopia. People go to foreign places for peace. People go to foreign temples for peace. People leave one country to go to Australia because i will have peace because I'm away from me crazy family. We try to create peace environments all the time. We, 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 we Listen. I've said with people, you know people. People think by ending their life will produce peace. They said, no, it would be the ultimate peace. No, it's not. We kill ourselves for peace. We destroy our lives, our minds, our families for peace. But then the Bible teaches us that the only way we get peace is to make the Prince of Peace our Savior because he's the only one that holds shalom. He's the only one that can give shalom. Why? Because he's the only one that owns shalom. And he doesn't like own it like it's a factory. He is shalom. Amen. That when you're a Christian, listen, I've been through the wars. Get out the violin. I want to tell you something. <laughs> Full orchestra. Thanks, sir. <laughs> but see, when I've stuck with the Prince of Peace, when I've known my God as my father, when I've gone to him and I've gone to his people and go, can you help me? Give us advice. Give us something. I've walked through the fiercest battle with peace in my heart. I've faced temptation with peace in my heart. I've faced enemies with fe- peace in my heart. Now when I'm not there, I'm all over the camp. I'm riddled with anxiety. <coughs> many years did I take panic attacks? 18 months of panic attacks. Because I was afraid of the world. I didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. And I was in a car in America, and I took a panic attack. The decision was only, do I go left or right? Boom. I was like a kipper out of water. All over the place. I said, Jesus, help me. And everything came into alignment. I never took another panic attack. Because I was trying to fix it myself. Trying to make things happen myself. Until I came back into realization. It's glory to God in the highest. And peace to all on earth. And he wants to give it to us. He wants to give it to you today. You don't have to. Ch- everything comes into alignment. All the stuff that I mentioned. Most of it is not bad, is it? But it doesn't produce what you need. But when you get what you need. Some of the other stuff that you desire. Falls into a place where it's peace. Where you can say, I'm content if I have. And I'm content if I haven't. That's shallow. Let's pray. Can the worship team come back? I, I don't know. Like I don't say this often. But what God wants you to receive was trying to be stopped this morning. Ten you we could have settled and just gone out earlier. Have a few minutes poised. That will give you peace. Just let's close our eyes. I tell you, there's people right now battling with your mind. Uh, listen to me. Listen to me for a minute. Yeah, but you're having arguments in your mind. You're robbing yourself of shalom. So stop that voice now in the name of Jesus. Stop it now in the name of Jesus. There's people that you're angry with. When I tell you, they can be living in shalom and you're not. So don't rub yourself anymore just put it put it put it in its place right now bring it to Jesus. if you're like me and like the rest of the world we can be chasing something to give us something that they can't give they haven't got it in the bank. they haven't got the arms of the everlasting Father. The everlasting father has the arms of the everlasting Father. Don't pray to some mute God or some dumb idol when you can have the mighty God. You can have the miraculous counselor speak to you this morning. Or you have friends and people are in work. I know people here working professional counseling. And they've told me that they've known words and sentences and advice that's come from other than but they know and it's produced miraculous results. So you could have a friend, you could have family, you could work in this environment or you could be just someone that someone comes to for advice. And you can know it for yourself and know his miraculous advice for others. And you can walk in the shalom of Almighty God. So could we stand? We've sat for a while and, and thank you for being so gracious. For I know you don't come here for nothing. So I don't want you to go with nothing. We come because we want Jesus and we, we're not ashamed of it. We come because we love to worship. We also come because we have things that are not right. We come because we want to get right with God. We come because we want to give glory to God. We come because we have father and mother issues. He can meet them all. We come because we get so confused within ourselves and anxious within ourselves. And he can just speak one word. Child, I hear you my child. And you'll say, how do I know it's God? Believe when you know and it's God you know. It's louder than words. It produces peace and freedom and liberty. And it's all done in love by a father. This baby was given unto us. So that all men would know the peace that comes with giving glory to God.